0: Welcome to Get Into Shape Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan, and we're joined today by, first off, our other host, uh, Scott Payne, a person that inspired me to start my own podcast and Scott Payne as I have a frozen video of myself and we're just gonna roll through it. Phil, what's up? You're the leader of M1 Academy. You're respected by everyone in the industry as being one of the top mortgage coaches around. Say what's up
1: hey how's it going jimmy and i, I just i just gotta say man you, you, I'm, i i applaud you for pushing through technical difficulties happen that uh image that you had froze on there with that uh that arm up was was uh, a classic moment i've i've recorded uh probably 250 of my own podcast episodes and i've done this on another couple hundred shows and that's one of my favorite moments hands down right there with uh, with your with your arm up like this uh uh, it's good stuff. So I, I'm I'm excited to be here. uh Love both you guys. Just to, excited to have a fun conversation. Yeah, we're gonna nerd out. But
0: it's, it's Scott. You were gonna you were gonna tell a story, and I'm like, no, bro, we got to save it for recording. So yeah, yeah. Well, I an mean, so, impact on you.
2: Yeah. So my so my podcast moment. <clears throat> I went to a to a conference in Dallas, right down the in the backyard here. I'm, I'm in the Dallas area, and I saw this guy with a microphone. This big microphone I think it was like probably one of these right big old what is this the the blue, a blue yeti yeah blue yeti and i saw this big gray microphone there and i'm like ah oh, that's cool really really cool and then fast forward like a couple hours he had ryan serhart who had just come off stage and i walk out everyone walks out and we're all kind of standing around watching phil treadwell interview interview ryan serhart there at his at his booth and I thought, man, that is is—it's it's genius. Not only the fact that you have a podcast, let alone that, the fact that you're brave enough to have a podcast, but the fact that here you are at a conference with everyone kind of watching you and you created this buzz of like, Ryan, it's at the, at the booth. It was just cool. And so from that moment, I said, I'm starting a podcast. And when I started my business in 2019, literally the first thing I did, like I said, maybe I did the LLC thing. And then as soon as I did that, I got a podcast logo. Because I'm I'm starting a podcast because Phil did it and I'm going to go to a conference and start doing that and so now fast forward a couple of years me and Jimmy we now go to conferences and we're I bring Jimmy because he's a great interview guy but end of the day like the power of showing people like how to actually do it and get rid of the nerves and just talk to people like it's just it's a cool thing so yeah uh, so thankful to 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 you having the the guts to do that kind of stuff back then and this is like what 2018 I think 2017 2018.
1: It was. It was. Well, man, I I appreciate the kind words. I I remember that vividly. I'd had the podcast for a handful of months and uh, Clayton Collins with Housing Wire had reached out. I guess he was one of the first mortgage. I was one of the first mortgage podcasts that he had listened to and said, I'm inviting podcasters in mortgage and real estate to come do some live podcasting at the event. Would you be open to it? I'm like, absolutely. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if there's going to be like a ballroom full of people and I got to do a podcast episode or what it was going to look like. So I brought Clayton on my podcast to help promote the it was the Housing Wire Engage Marketing Summit in, in Dallas in 2018. I brought him on the podcast to help promote it and he said, "Yeah, our keynote speakers, Ryan Serhant from Million Dollar Listing New York and all these other things and he's like, "So are are you going to interview Ryan, our keynote speaker?" And I was like, "Yes, yes I am." And of course, I had no idea how to get a hold of Ryan, so I went through every social media channel probably a half a dozen times reaching out, trying to get a hold of him or someone on his team to no avail. And it was about 10 days beforehand. I was doing some live podcasting at the, the social survey create wow summit, which of course social surveys now experience.com. And I got to thinking, wait a minute, Clayton hired him to be the keynote speaker. He's got to know somebody on his team. And uh, so I reached out to, to him uh, uh, directly or, or to uh, somebody on Ryan's team And I said, hey, listen, I'll be doing some podcasting. If I can get even five or 10 minutes. And they said, yeah, he might have five minutes because as soon as he gets off stage, he's going to get picked up. And it ended up being really cool because as soon as he got off stage, I pulled him aside. We started the podcast Well, like you said, people filed out of the ballroom and kind of huddled around. Yeah. And the cool thing is after we did our recording, he stuck around and took pictures and got to sign books. And so that was the highlight for me is a lot of people got some FaceTime with him uh, and hopefully, we were a little part of of making that happen. And so, I was definitely uh, definitely highlighting in my uh, my podcasting journey.
2: And I was one of those guys who got the photo. So, Jimmy, we'll add the photo right here. Ready? Photo, of Scott and Ryan. Here we go. All right.
0: It, it, see. It, absolutely. So, yeah. And Phil, you're an inspiration to me too. I mean, I've told the story a million times that I, you have inspired me to to get started. And, dude, I just realized I did a terrible job edifying you. So, yeah, you've you're the uh, mortgage marketing expert. Podcast host, which is renowned as one of the best man. I'm catching you, uh, mortgage podcasts in the country, maybe even the world. I don't even know, but I everybody knows what the mortgage marketing expert. And we're going to talk today about mindset, and particularly when it comes to lead calling. And it, Phil M1 Academy. It's mindset first to give the listeners of get into shape. I guess advice on how to really bring it when they're on the phone, when they're calling through their list, what comes to mind as far as like, what would you advise people to be, what type of mindset would you advise them to be in when they're calling leads?
1: If you're reaching out making phone calls specifically, if that's your outbound lead generation effort is making phone calls, you need to be excited and enjoy making phone calls. If you don't enjoy it on some level, you're not gonna be very good at it, it's not gonna be very effective. You need to switch to something else, like maybe sending text messages or DMs or or emails or or something else. Make in-person cold calls. When you're on the phone with people, we all know we can almost hear people's expressions, whether they're smiling, whether they're happy, whether they're sad. So make sure that you enjoy it, number one. Number two is when you're reaching out, have something to say. Don't just constantly say, I'm just calling to check in. I just wanted to say hi we all want to be thought about or thought of. So a great opening line is, Hey, I was driving down the road and, and saw the steakhouse. I remember you like steaks. I thought of you I just want to reach out, you know, say hello, whatever, like have some reason that you're reaching out. And another thing is to try to do something to add value. If you can share the get in shape podcast, Hey, this is a cool episode. I thought you might get something out of it. Or I know that you do a lot of uh, you buy a lot of leads and I saw this really cool, you know, CRM called shape that, that really does a great job of, of sorting through. You got to think about what are some things you can do to add value. I had one of my coaching clients, say, i have got my top list of 30 or 40 realtors. And, you know, I, I call them, you know, every so often, but how much is too much? He's like, I had one of the realtors say, hey, listen, man, you're a good friend of mine. I like working with you. You don't have to call me all the time. Uh, I'll just send you some business when I have one. He's like, what do I do in that situation? And so we have to think about it. There's people we talk on the phone to every single day and we don't mind it. It's not too much. And that's because those conversations are relevant to us. We enjoy having those conversations. There's some inherent value to it. So you just have to think about if you called a realtor every single day and had a conversation about something that was relevant to them, they're going to be okay with that. So you've got to enjoy it. You want to try to add some value. You want to let them know that you did think of them. They just weren't the next name and number on your list. And then try to make sure that there's some inherent way that you can connect with them, that it's not just another phone call that they have to answer.
0: Boy, I, I think enjoy it is like my favorite thing that you said. I think that a lot of people get on the phone and call leads and they freaking hate it. Like, oh man, I have to go do this thing. And that's kind of, it, it leads into something I want to talk about with you. Is that like, bro, you're up at 4, 4 a.m. every day. And is it 4 a.m.? Whatever, you're- 4 yeah, 4.30. You're posting that like you're on the way to the gym at 4.45. Yeah. And bro, I don't want to do that. Sorry, me personally. Yeah. But I, I guess here, I kind of relate it to what's the best CRM out there? Well, it's the one that you'll use. Okay, but what if you hate using it? What if it's like waking up at 4.45 in the morning and you just have to go out, go out and do it? So I guess you're doing something hard because it's discipline. And look, it's good for you. You got to work out. It, it's a healthy, good thing. It's a good habit. But what about with a CRM? What if you just hate using it and you just have to just muscle through it? So like, how do you enjoy it if that's if that's your setup?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I can answer it a couple different ways, but the way that I'm going to answer it is we have to remember that anytime we're pushing toward a goal or something we want, it needs to be something we want badly. It's not something we think we're supposed to want or a goal we're supposed to have. It needs to be something very, very clear and something that we want badly because 92% of people do not achieve the goals that they set for themselves every year because they're either not clear enough about what it is or they don't want it badly enough. And I heard a quote one time that said, the way to keep yourself from quitting is to make the pain of quitting uh, worse than the pain of pushing through. You've got to go all in on those things. So you have to ask yourself, hey, I don't like doing a CRM. I don't love it. Okay, well, if your business isn't to a point where you can hire someone to manage your your contacts, to set up your campaigns, to, to make sure all of that's flowing and communicating with your client database appropriately, if it's not big enough to hire someone, then you have to decide, do I want this goal that I'm trying to achieve through this CRM? Do I want that bad enough that I'm willing to go ahead and discipline myself? Not everything we do are we going to love doing. And to your point, I hate waking up early. I am a night owl. I, I genuinely hate it. You and I had a conversation about this. Yeah. I do it because for me, I know that if I start my day with a big win and then stack those wins, that's going to create more momentum. That creates more motivation. And in turn, it creates confidence right? Confidence isn't a personality trait. Confidence is a skill that we learn. I do things I don't like to do because I always feel good about it after I've done it. And so a lot of times it's just a matter of, do we want something bad enough? Do we have the discipline to push ourselves through and go ahead and make those things happen or not? Now, if the answer is no, you either find something that you can do that's just as effective if you're not going to use a CRM or you need to go get a bigger goal or something that you want badly that you're willing to do the work.
0: Yeah. And I think that it's, it it really is important that you have to want it, but I think that, I mean, it's playing on two things. It's, you want it and you enjoy it. And bro, like I loved calling leads. It was like my most favorite thing to do in in my day. And I feel like that, well, it, it, but I feel like it, because I actually genuinely liked it. I feel like that shined through on the phone. You're mentioning that, like, look, you can tell if somebody's smiling, on the other end of the line, but you don't see them. And I think that's a hundred percent true. I would be smiling and like, like say no to me, hang up on me, you jerk, you know? And yeah, I, I think it all, it all comes down to mindset. Scott, what would you add?
2: Uh, I was going to say that, you know, I think that we talked with Dale Vermillion on, on one of the last episodes, which was like, we were debating back and forth, like, should we leave pre-recorded voicemails? Right. And Dale's, and Dale and we went back and forth it was awesome little kind of back and forth. And Dale's point, which I think makes a lot of sense, and I think Dale won, sorry, Jimmy, Dale won this this thing, which was that, that you have to, okay, cool, leave a couple of messages automatically, but you got to keep your voice ready to go so that at the time someone answers, you've got to be ready, right? And so you can go to the gym all day long and you can just lift weights and do the same thing over and over again. And you're just training the same muscles over and over again. But if you're not like going to work, doing leg, everyone hates leg day. You got to do leg day, right? And so same thing with, Calling leads like you've got to leave a message. You got to stay fresh, be ready to go, so that when someone answers, your voice is ready at that moment and ready to go. So I just you know, to I, that out
1: there. I, I would even add to that when you talk about being ready. We also have to prepare, right? We go back to this podcast. The very first guest I ever had, my first podcast recording, was with Barry Habib. He's become a, an incredible friend and mentor. But in that first podcast recording. He said that a boxer, a professional boxer, trains 5,000 minutes for every one minute that they spend in the ring. And when you think about that and we apply that to our business, how often are we practicing our scripts? How often Mm -hmm. are we practicing having conversations with people? How often are we thinking through the things that we say or putting ourselves in our clients or our partner's shoes? I tell people you need to practice conversations by talking to the person next to you at the gas pump, by talking to the cashier, the person that's helping you, that's your server, that's you're in the subway line with, that you're in the coffee line with, whatever it is in your office. If we practice getting to know people genuinely, when we don't get anything out of it, we've now practiced that muscle. So just like Dale said, when the time comes that you're in the ring or you're in the game or whatever metaphor you want to use. That muscle's ready to go. You've practiced that thing. And I think people overlook that a lot. That's a mindset thing. And that's part of that confidence. And the reason I would uh, suspect that, Jimmy, you enjoyed having phone conversations or making calls is you had some natural talent at it and you wrapped some skill around that. So you were okay and having fun talking on the phone with people. And so those are the things that we've got to think about. In addition to enjoying it, we typically enjoy things that we have a little bit of natural talent. But man, if we lean in with some skill, that's the the zone of genius where we really, really get results.
0: Dude, 100%. And I think I would, well, I know that I would chalk up my love of it to how I came in in the morning. And I would always, like, I I wrote down everything that would stand in my way of making my first call session. And I would follow it robotically. But I knew that if I did check everything off my list, that I could enter my phone session, my calling session, with the right mentality and, you know, coffee ready, pacing back and forth. So I want to go to that. How do you, how, you coach a lot of different people. How do you coach people to begin their day? Like, what's are you telling everybody? Hey, you got to be at the gym at 445 or what's what's I guess your general if you're going to talk to it could be a loan officer, it could be an insurance agent, a real estate agent. How do you recommend people start their day?
1: Yeah, I think starting your day is important. It, I don't recommend that someone get up at any certain time. They don't have to get up at 430 or 630 or whenever, but you do have to have some type of a routine. Mainly because the one of the main pillars of of what we talk about and do is around our daily habits. Whenever you do a few things, whether they're things that you would already do or whether there's some hard things, when we start checking things off the list and we do our habit, we get a win. And when you start stacking those wins, those wins do create momentum that momentum in turn creates that motivation to want to do more. We, we've all been, uh, or at least a lot of us have been, I've, I've been in this situation. I'm in the garage in the, uh, you know, on a weekend and I'm like, oh, I need to like fix on that shelf right there. And you know, oh, I need to do this shelf. The next thing I know I've spent three hours cleaning the entire garage. Right. Or I use the example where being in Texas, we love our queso. You're heating up a bowl of queso in the microwave and it, and it bubbles over and you're like, well, dang it. I got to clean off that glass plate in there. And, Then I'm cleaning out the inside of the microwave and then I'm wiping the counters down. Next thing I know you've cleaned the whole kitchen and you're, you're like touching up the paint on the walls that those, those little wins that creates momentum and in turn motivation. So I don't care what someone does in the morning, but we have to know ourselves enough to say, okay, when I get out of the bed in the morning, do I need to go to the gym? Do I need to take some quiet time? Do I need to journal? Do I need to read a book or listen to a podcast or do I need to jam out to music in the shower I don't care what it is, but you have to find some habits that's going to prime you, right? I am a big fan of going for a walk or taking some quiet time or uh, going to the gym because whenever we get oxygen in our body, that oxygen, oxygenates our blood, that oxygenated blood goes to the brain and releases the feel-good hormones, endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and we're naturally a better human being. That's why when someone's frustrated, they're like, go for a walk, go get some fresh air. There's biological reasons why those things work. So if we start thinking about putting some habits together in those five categories, spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, financial, and we can start checking some boxes in those categories. It doesn't matter what happens when we start our day, even if it's a bad phone call or if we walk into an email about a, a deal blowing up or whatever our mind only distinguishes between wins and losses, but not how big they are. Mm. So we're like, oh, well, that was a bad phone call. Our mind's like, well, but we made our bed. Those cancel each other out. I still have all of this momentum going forward. So it's not about that they have to start it a specific way. It's you do have to have some routine to get yourself in that place that you can go execute and perform at the level you're capable of. Bro. Huge moment by the way. You mentioned that <clears throat> on an episode with Kyle Draper, by the way, about your your brain doesn't
2: know the difference between a how big the win is. Just get a small win, small win, and move on to the next thing. It's that it was a big powerful moment over my journey in 2023 when it was super tough. I mean, let's be frank, everyone had some difficulties in 2023, regardless of what industry you're in, mainly mortgage. That right there, I, I actually, I tweeted about it or uh, uh, Instagram, that exact moment, I heard that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tie my shoes. That's, right. that's a win. <laughs> I'm going to put my shoes on. That's a huge win for right this second. I'll turn that into something else here in a second. Huge, huge, huge. Bro.
1: We, we spend a lot of time focusing on things we didn't get done. I've got a client that she literally took post-its, two different color post-it notes, and just got this big glass bowl or a fish bowl. And throughout the day, she would just take these post-its and write down wins and losses and literally put them in this bowl. And even though there might, let's, you know, let's say it was red was for losses and, and green was for wins or blue and yellow or whatever. She realized, yeah, there's some losses, but look at all these other wins. We, we We think that all the things that we get done, the things we do, the wins, that that's just par. They're supposed to happen. And we fixate on the things we didn't get done or the things that didn't go right. And so from a mindset perspective to shift that, we just have to celebrate the wins. That's it. Stack them up. Yep.
0: And, you know, I have to admit to waking up early in the morning and going to the gym. I mean, it as much as it sucks, it really does motivate you through the day. It really does give you momentum. And it doesn't matter the time. Just, I, I mean, you can go in the afternoon or whatever, and I've done that too. But like, I feel like a million bucks after I work out. And it's not even because you know, my muscles are big or whatever it is. It's because I accomplished something. It, I, I think it's, I don't know, man. I feel like it's a huge uh, win every time I work out. Like it's, I, I think I feel it. I feel the difference between that win and let's just say like making my bed. But <laughs> I I, I want to move on though. So 2023, Scott was mentioning like, look, this is a tough year. It was a tough year for a lot of, a lot of different people. As you're coaching people, Phil, How are you, I guess, do you kind of have to like distance yourself from 2023 memories and like all the problems that were happening? How are you helping people to transition to the new environment of 2024?
1: It's a great question. You know, we we had a lot of people that still had a lot of successes in uh, in, in 2023. There's a lot of, it was a difficult year. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's the people that made it through. Again, that's a win. But if you made it through and had some element of success or or something to celebrate, that's as hard as it's going to get. You know, I've only been doing this 20 years and a lot of people have been doing it longer, but this is about as difficult as it's going to get. So if you're getting some results now, if you're getting some traction, it's going to continue to get better. But yes, you, you have to put that behind you. So really, the two things to focus on is number one, the strategy that got you here is probably not the strategy that's going to get you to the next level. Uh, Or the strategy that got you through 2023 may not necessarily help you thrive in 2024. So it's about understanding, okay, where's my business right now and where do I want to go? And I say a lot that that gap between where we are and where we want to be is, is really nothing more than a decision that we're going to go do what it takes. And it's about an action thing, but I'm all about making sure that our actions are effective and efficient, which again, leads back to mindset. So each individual client's going to be a little bit different. Did they have a lot of success in that year? And we want to continue to build on that. Or is it something we want to leave in the past and we want to retool the whole thing? The thing that regardless of whether it's a good year, bad year, okay year, people have to understand there's opportunities in every single market. And we just have to be good at figuring out how do we go solve problems for people? How do we provide those solutions? And that's where we in lies the opportunity. If the masses are talking about one thing, I'm probably going to go over here and talk about something else. How do you differentiate yourself? How do you come up with something unique? It doesn't have to be something only you can do that no one else can do. A unique value offer is how you do what you do. And that's easy to find within everyone. As soon as we embrace that, that's the differentiator. That's what starts conversations and in turn helps us close business. And yeah, bro, I think that especially right now, there are,
0: you talk about what are the masses doing and you know, you tend to do something completely different. I think the masses are tired. I think the masses are, you know, they went through it. And I, I'm just, I'm a firm believer in this, that a down market is the best time to be building your business because everybody else is tired. Everybody else is you know, sick of it. Everybody shows up. A lot of people are showing up, you know, completely demotivated, sad about the last year, whatever it is. But man, if you can go out and engage now and bring the energy and actually enjoy it, have something relational to say and add value. I I think that the world is yours is, is the way that I feel about it. Yeah. and,
1: And so here's the thing. Let's, let's use a real practical example. We all know that video content is the most engaged type of content, right? More video content is consumed than any other form. But in that, the most engaged type of video is gratitude videos. Now, gratitude doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, my gosh, I'm so thankful for this. It could be, you know, it's been 10, 20 degrees here in Dallas in a couple of days when it's 40, 50 degrees, walking outside and be like, it's finally, you know, above freezing here in Dallas. It's a sunny day. I'm excited about it. I hope you have a great day too. It could be, Hey, I I just got off this incredible podcast, uh, you know, get into shape with, with Jimmy and Scott. I appreciate that. You know, they, they took a minute to do that. And, uh, you, you, you know, we had, we packed a ton of value in there for you You definitely need to listen. Those types of videos where you're thankful about something, where you're grateful about someone or something, or just that, that, that air of positivity. That's the most engaged type of video. And really it's two reasons. One, as you said, people are beat up. We're tired of the politics. We're tired of the media. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. We're tired of all of this, this doom and gloom. So anytime someone wants to put some positivity or excitement or optimism in the world, people pay attention to that. The second thing is if you have gratitude of any kind, then you have to have some level of abundance, or at least that's the perception. Gratitude comes from abundance and abundance portrays success. So people automatically look like, uh, oh my gosh, you know, that person has some success in their life because there's some abundance just because they're grateful about something. And that's going to attract people to you who doesn't want to work with or associate with people that have abundance and success in their life, because traditionally that's where gratitude comes from. And so that's what we need to focus on is understanding, yes, people are beat up. Sometimes the value that we're offering is not talking about all the crap. Sometimes it's just making them laugh. You know, I, I know memes can get overdone, but a real good strategically placed meme that's relevant, man, people laugh at that. That adds value. We don't have to boil the ocean solving all the housing problems and interest rate problems or debt problems in the world just making someone excited to scroll through social media and see something besides here's how much I closed last month, or here's my new listing, or here's the definition of amortization, right? 100. Give them something else to see and they'll pay attention. 100, 100, 100. Tell you what gets
2: me excited by, by the way, is the wing picks.
1: <laughs>
2: We're still going and you put on there, I'm um, from here to here. And I love kind of like seeing in the background, just the way it's done. So I think, I've done it. Jimmy's done it. I think there's many others who have done. Where we'll tag you on our stories, be like, "Hey, win, you know, wing, wing, pick for uh, for Phil here." So, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah mine's
0: a little different than Phil's. Phil's are always from first class. You ah. <laughs> here, you here we go. Here we go. Window. You yeah, know.
1: I'll tell you that was a happy accident. It was uh, in 2019. iPhone finally caught up to Android and having a, a decent camera. I was excited about it, so I took a picture of the wing. Uh, I was, I think I was on the way to uh, uh, Gary V's agent 2021. I was, I was supposed to get to do my Gary V podcast. Then it ended up happening a little bit later and I posted it and put the three letter airport code, you know, with a plane, a three letter airport code and people like, where are you going? What are you doing? So as I was traveling as a regional at the time and for events, because I travel a lot professionally and personally, I just kept posting them. Well, you can go on my Instagram and see a highlight now of, dozens if not hundreds of wing picks that i've taken over the years and it became kind of one of the pillars in in my content and in my brand because it starts conversations and i i tell people that because now as i've you know spoken about this on podcasts and at events i probably have a half a dozen 10 people a week that tag me in their wing picks and i let people know that was some little weird thing where now when people look out the plane window at the wing they think of me which is always good for any type of a brand And I think the other thing is we don't have to come up with some complicated content. I have a client that I said, what do you really enjoy doing? And she's like, I really enjoy growing herbs. I was like, cool. Talk about your herbs. So she did in her story. She starts talking about these herbs she's growing. Like what should I do next? And she's like, people engage with it all the time. So just find something to talk about because the things that we think people do not even care about are actually the biggest opportunities we have to create a connection with someone, yes. and we're naturally drawn to people that are like us, and we naturally have an element of trust, and that's what we want.
0: And bro, it plays off what you just what you said before. It's abundance is attractive. You know, you want to be around people that are exuding what they're happy about. If it's herbs, let, let it be herbs. I I, I challenge we it on here Friday, way. by the way, but you now, know, whatever. Or you can do Fun Here Friday. You know what, Scott? That's actually that's the best example. I I was going to say I post stuff about Star Wars. That doesn't get as many uh, as as much action as I I wish that it did. But the Fun Here Fridays. That's like Scott. I love that you do that, and the fact that you like just wearing the headbands. It makes us rebrand the show to get into shape. So okay, I want to talk about two other things, and Scott, I'm sure at least has one 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 thing to add here what is M1 Academy? What is someone going to learn to be coached by you? Is it a one-on-one coaching? Is it a group coaching? What is it? And what is someone uh, going to expect to get out of it?
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to share just a quick second. M1, as you said, stands for mindset first. I don't think mindset is the only thing that's important in building your business, but it is the most important thing. And Our mindset controls our attitude and our actions, which are the only two things that we can actually control. We can't control our clients or our partners. We sure can't control the market. What we can control is what we do and how we respond to things. So in One Academy, our mission is to help people execute and perform at the level that they're capable of. It's not my job to build out your goals for you or tell you what you're capable of. My job is to hold you to the standards that you set for yourselves and create a strategy. And that's really the core of what we do. There, there's four pillars, mindset, habits, message, and vision. And everything is around helping people take uh, the strategy on building their business and making it relevant to them, to their clients, to their partners. Because there's a lot of great people that can teach you about YouTube or short form content or communication influence. And a lot of mutual friends of ours. What I do with my clients is take all those pieces and put that together in a cohesive strategy. We have a, a one-on-one coaching program and a group coaching program. Our group program is called Performance Coaching. We do biweekly group calls. We do quarterly workshops, uh, do daily accountability texts. There's a, a, a growth video series. There's a ton of resources on everything from scripts and social media and, and building your business and brand and everything in between. And then uh, again, we do, we do some one-on-one coaching as well. So uh, if anyone's interested in that, it's an incredible community. Uh, we, we do a lot of collaboration uh, within that. We have a lot of online resources. We just built an online portal that we house all of our videos, our group calls. It's now searchable we're, we're integrating a lot of AI um, has that video series and, and resources and here in a couple of months, we're going to be doing some dynamic content creation where people are able to create their own scripts and texts and actually dynamically create graphics that are branded to them instead of just getting Canva templates or stock images or whatever else. And so a lot of really, really cool things that are that are coming this year. Bro, I love, I've loved watching you
0: grow. Like I've loved just from the beginning to now and just how much you've evolved. What would you say is your biggest success story? Like in any maybe one particular person that you've coached that has really just turned it up and turned it around or yeah.
1: taken something good and made it better. I mean, there's, there's a couple, uh, the, the, the two that come to mind initially, there, there was one guy that, uh, uh, joined us for one-on-one coaching uh, right after Q1 in 2023. And he voiced my goal is to make sure I close at least a million dollars a month, every single month. I think he'd done a total of a million in the first quarter And uh, by his stretch goal, like his his really I'm out there goal was 15 million. Well, fast forward, he actually closed out at 22 million. Uh, The last six months of the year, he averaged over two and a half million dollars a month. Uh, I had a call with him today. He's got over three million that'll close in January. The most money he'd ever made was 65 thousand dollars. And last year, I think he made 215, 220, Hmm. and is is really getting to this place where he's understanding how to put the outbound lead gen and the attraction marketing together. And then we have another client who uh, she had consistently closed between a million or two pretty much the entire year. And in December, which I know is a tough month for a lot of people, they closed like $7 million, $8 million in, in production. And it, it all kind of came to a head. And I think she's got you know half that for, for, for January as well. So we've got a lot of success stories. I mean, we've got clients that do 110 120 million dollars a year and you know we're we're building out the systems and processes in their team to create efficiency so that they're not working as hard but still keeping that same volume um, you know uh, and everywhere in between so we've got clients uh, all over mortgage and real estate and at the end of the day one of the challenging things about when we talk about m one academy we're not going to talk about the sizzle and not the steak. It's, it's not a flash in the pan. We, we talk about habits and mindset and principles and strategy, which is why it works, but it's also not necessarily sexy. So like you said, you know, discipline isn't a fun word. We don't love it. And I'm, I'm not a, a hardcore, you got to go discipline guy, but we do want you to figure out what is it you want. Let's create a plan to get there. Let's create those habits so that you can stay consistent and persistent every day. And, uh, and man, you're going to get results. So, yeah, I mean, discipline and accountability, it sucks. It's hard. But
0: I think that you need i think that you need both. And who better than to help you than a guy waking up at 4.45 in the morning going <laughs> to the gym, you know? I mean, that just exudes uh, a discipline. What would you add to it, Scott?
2: I would say I have a couple of friends of mine who are part of your program, and they rave about it. So for those looking for, like, next-level stuff, reach out to Phil. I would say also, too, me and Jimmy were talking about this before the show. You got to settle the debate. What is the quote? We know it's consistent and persistent follow up over, and then dot, 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 dot means you no. both have a different kind of interpretation of what you we've heard you say in the past, but what, about, is what, what I say, yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: So, 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 so what I say is success is about consistent and persistent effort over time. Ah, and we all know how to be consistent. We're doing something regularly. Where we miss it is staying persistent because persistence means staying consistent, whether you get results or not. Sometimes we're consistent, get results and stop, or sometimes we don't and stop, but you got to stay persistent in the effort over time. So success is about consistent and persistent effort over time. And I think where it's difficult for people is sometimes that's three months for one person or three years for another. But if, if I said, you know, Jimmy, uh, in three years, you're for sure going to have $10 million or the, the, you know, perfect ideal partner or this huge business or whatever it is you want, a, a private jet. But you have to do these three things every single day to get it. Would you do it? I was like, of course I would. Of course. Well, that's what people are giving up by not staying consistent and persistent. Because in that example, I said at this amount of time, you're for sure going to have it but we don't have the belief it's going to be there. So we don't stay consistent, persistent, but ironically, the only way you create the belief is by going and doing the work.
2: I always thought it was a great quote for like lead management and the stuff that we do, which it is. But for me personally, it's been about social media content. I think we all get a little discouraged over time and not getting the likes or the feedback and all of that. But really when you get down to the bottom of it, it's the social proof. It's the staying consistent. Eventually you're going to win all the things you just said. So I think it, obviously kind of wraps around everything, but you know, for, for people trying to win 2024, I think it's, it's going to be social media. It's going to be that engagement and being consistent. It's huge. Love so, it. I appreciate bro. that. I appreciate
0: Persistent, consistent effort over time. Who said it right? Yes. Jimmy You did. said it right. It's I mean, literally made right. like a clip art of that. Of, you, did. Of you Phil it's at some point, <laughs> not a clip art, but whatever had a, had a, a clip made. Um, I want to talk about shape. So Phil, you've seen shape. Um, you, you're not using it. You have no reason to, but um, because you've seen it, I guess here on initial looking at it, what would you say jumps out to you? What's cool about it? What would you say about shape?
1: No, I, I appreciate this opportunity as well. Uh, shape is one of the only couple of, of CRMs that I'm recommending to my clients and to people. I get the question all the time, um, hey, what's the best CRM out there? And I tell people, just like you said earlier, the best CRM is the one you're going to use. Now, if you want recommendations of ones that have adopted technology and are staying relevant to consumer behavior right now, Shape's definitely in that conversation near the top, if not the top of the list. The thing I love about Shape is it's a it's a very clean design. It's not clunky. It's not uh, complicated. We, we all know a couple of low-hanging fruit you know, companies that will – Be left unnamed for this conversation that might be able to do anything you want it to do after you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and spend months trying to figure out how to use it. Shape puts all of those things together: the ability to, you know, uh, do some voicemail drops, to be able to do two-way text messaging, to be able to do email blasts, and then the campaigns. You guys have one of the best campaign builders uh, for either follow-ups for lead nurture, for milestones, all the different things. And those are things that you have to have right now as a mortgage professional to not only stay relevant, but to buy back your time. You yeah. can't call every client, every partner, at every stage of the process. And I think SHAPE does a great job of putting all those things together in a way that uh, that really helps professionals do what they need to do to build their business. Bro, thanks for that. And I, I just to kind of add to it, it,
0: it the one that you'll use is the answer the one that you'll use it has to have a good user experience it has to be intuitive it has to do things for you before you're even thinking about it and to go back to you know waking up at 4 4 a.m. that's hard you can't log into a lead manager or lead management system or a crm or any of this starting it out with man i hate this you know you kind of have to you don't want to muscle through it. If you don't have to, you'd rather muscle through making, going through your whole list. You know, I have a hundred calls to make. I'm going to muscle through this. Not I'm going to copy and paste numbers from a spreadsheet, put notes into this system, call on my cell phone, like do all these crazy things. Like we wonder why we don't get it done. It's because we have to be too disciplined. That's another thing is you have to know your, your level of discipline. Like, are you a 10 out of 10 for discipline? or Are you maybe like a one out of 10 on something? And if you are lower, I, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be calling every single lead on your list. You're not going to be doing it with, you're not going to enjoy it or be excited about it. Get shape. I mean, that's just my pitch. Hey, listen,
1: I, well, I had a mentor a long time ago and I've, I've shared this several times. The 11th commandment is thou shalt not fooleth thyselfeth. Don't lie to yourself, be self-aware. And as soon as we're self-aware enough to understand what our strengths and weaknesses are, we know how to be disciplined and we know what tools and processes and things to put in place. I don't like getting up early. So I've done it enough times where I understand the fruit and the excitement and the mindset and how I perform that day that comes on the other side of it. If you don't love your, you know, outbound phone calls, okay, figure out a way to make that more enjoyable, right? And and I think Shape puts those, that user experience together where at the end of the day, something that none of us love to do, which is manage our database, all right? Again, I don't think anybody's like, oh my God, I'm in the mortgage business because I love managing my database, my CRM, Woohoo! So right? fun. But at the end of the day, it is a necessary uh, part of our business and uh, however you can make that as smooth as process as possible is a good thing. And I think Shape does that. Love it. Scott,
0: any, any, as we wrap it up, any final words, I think that I'm was just honored to
2: be here. I mean, to talk to Phil, I mean, again, this is, you know, I start. I have 30 episodes compared to Jimmy's hundred plus or whatever, what have you, but you really, you're a pioneer for a lot of, a lot of us in the industry, you know, the guys who you've worked with, I've worked with, you know, as far as editing and like, you name it, like it all comes back to Phil in some way. So I, you know, just, I appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate being around you and appreciate all of your content and things you do to make us all better.
1: Oh, man, I, appreciate, yeah, I appreciate, that, appreciate that genuinely. Thank you for the
0: kind words. All, all roads lead, lead back to Phil. And actually, okay. That reminded me just what one final question before we wrap up is Phil, do you recommend that people start a podcast? Do you recommend that people go down this road? Because dude, I've, I've had months where I don't post anything. I've had months where I post one a day, you know, and I only really get the benefits when it's consistent, you know? So I
1: guess here, do you recommend people start a podcast? Uh, yes and no. I think the yes reasons are a podcast is going to be a way for you to create long form content that you can repurpose and have plenty of content to post all over social media. It's also a very high trust audience. Statistically, 93% of people listen to most or all of a podcast episode they start. If the average episode's around 40 minutes, then 93% of the time you have that audience for 20 minutes or more. That's way better than finding over three second hook on a short form content. The downside for no isn't that it costs a lot or it's difficult to do. It's, it's easy and can be cost effective, but it does. Uh, you have to stay consistent with it, not to overuse that word. And I think Lewis Howes of the School of Greatness podcast says it best. He says, if you're not committed to doing a podcast episode once a week for two years, don't start. And I'm not necessarily that. Regimented, where you've got to do you know 100 episodes the first two years. I think the point there is if you're not going to consistently put out content regularly, it's either a really expensive hobby in forms of time, or it can be one of the the most fruitful ways that you can build a brand, create exposure, create relationships, and build your business. So if you like that type of content, if you like having conversations with people, if you're a fan of the medium. I, it's still wide open. I still think there's a ton of opportunity for podcasts. There, I think there's three and a half million in uh, in the world right now. And there's only, uh, I want to say 600,000 that are active, which means they've put an episode out in the last 90 days. Um, I mean, there, there's still a ton of opportunity and it's only going to continue to grow as people continue to adopt the medium.
2: Hey, one last thing, actually. So it's going to be hard to see on my, on my screen here, but I have this, say, Morgady mortgage marketing expert text messages that come to me on a Sunday, right? Or a Monday morning or what have you, right? Like, honestly, dude, it's, it's really good motivation. I read it and I'm like, you're right. I didn't think about that. Or, all right. Okay. Scott, you're going to have to get your shit together on Monday morning because you're like, this is the mindset you need to have. I know Gary V does it. I know there's other people out there. Can you just talk very briefly about how you started doing that? Because I think there's a lot of play into how you could do that for perspective home buyers first time buyers people you talk to to like engage with them via text like the the way you do
1: yeah i use a, a an app called community it's just community.com when it first came out it was cuz gary v really took the reins and endorsed it and there was kind of a A vetting process. And an easy way to describe it is it's an opportunity for you to send out mass texts to a group of people that have opted into your community, but you can also text with them one-on-one. It was originally designed for like celebrities. Like if you wanted like Gary V or Beyonce, you want to, you know, beyonce to text stuff to people and you could send her a text that she might actually respond to without you know you having her actual phone number. But you can do that in for in, for, uh, in terms of you could start a community text group. For your community to talk about hey here's the professional sporting event for the night here's a cool restaurant you should try here's some cool businesses it's a great way to communicate with people uh, we created one for the podcast it's now morphed into the podcast and m1 academy community uh, and we put out you know habits and tips and, and updates on the podcast and, and everything in between and uh, it's it's been a really really fun mm-hmm. medium so if someone's interested in that uh you know feel free to reach out to me on social and I'm more than happy to, to give you that text number
2: and i got a happy birthday text from the other way that did not feel like it was like automated. I didn't respond to it. I probably should have now knowing that you probably were there. I just kind of enjoyed the, the content over time would have been cool if you would have responded, if I would have responded, but I didn't anyway, it was cool. I got a birthday text that morning. One of the <laughs> Bro, Yeah, of
1: I, I do. Any, anyone that responds, I I, I do uh, try to, to respond back uh, as well. That's awesome. uh, sometimes it, it might be later that day or the next day, but anybody sure. that actually texts into the community, I, I respond to.
2: That's fantastic. Love it.
1: So in, in wrapping up, put putting a bow on this thing, uh, if you wanted to reach
0: out to Phil, if you've learned something today, we're going to put uh, all of Phil's social media content. Do you, do you have a way to sign up for uh, community?
1: Yeah, it, it's a, it's just a text number. It's 214-225-5696. Just send a text, say, hey, you know, or shape or uh, Jimmy or, or fun hair Friday, whatever you oh, want. You right, text anything. Yeah, yeah. L- <laughs> There'll be a couple of uh, little thing to to put your your name and info in there, and then uh, you're you're opted into the community. Um, I'm just at Phil Treadwell on all the socials. Shoot me a DM if you have questions. Love to connect and collaborate. Wonderful. Highly recommend that. Yeah, I, I I would highly
0: recommend following Phil if you're not already. And yeah, I want to thank our audience for joining us today. I especially want to thank uh, Scott Payne, the president of Shape Professional Services, for coming on, and. Phil, you're my brother. I love you. I look up to you, man. and you know i'm I'm just so thankful that we could do this.
1: Likewise, my friend, appreciate you having me on. I'm
2: not worthy. Love it. Thanks, Phil.
1: Thanks, guys. Ugh.